Today's podcast is sponsored by our amazing friends over at Adorama. Adorama is one of the best electronic retailers specializing in photo and video equipment. They also have a rad blog and video series highlighting content creators called Through the Lens, which you can find on their YouTube channel. We've partnered with Adorama to offer free education through the AOV Academy. So head over to aovacademy.com for free online courses in photo and video. What's happening, AOV community? It's your boy Prince here with another episode of the Art of Visuals podcast. Today, my guest is my good friend and neighbor, CEO of Proof Eyewear, Tanner Dame. Tanner, how are we doing? Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, dude. It's my pleasure. Same goes here. It's always a pleasure to see you. Yeah, it's it's nice sitting side by side. It's a little <laughs> awkward because like, I like. The mics in front, so we have one mic right now. We didn't have the other second mic set up, so we have one mic. We're looking at each other out the corner of our eyes while still trying to talk forward towards the mic. Looking deep into Prince's eyes here, <laughs> really romantic, dude. Why don't you get us started by telling the AOV community a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, so I can kind of talk about myself specifically. I grew up in Ontario, Oregon, which is essentially a border town of Idaho and Oregon. So. Boise is kind of a big city for us and really aspirational dreams of, of giving out this way just because there's obviously a lot more going on than in a small farm town. So we grew up, I have four brothers and just grew up around the outdoors, skiing, snowboarding, fishing, hiking, biking, whatever you can do in nature, essentially we grew up doing. So really draw a lot, a lot of inspiration upon my brother's family and then the area which we live. And went off to college and moved back to Boise probably about eight years ago. So I really love this community and the area in which we live. And really, when I was in college, it kind of started my career and what we do now as far as proof goes. So the long story about proof, essentially, I was in college as in my senior year, and I was trying to just wrap up and get done and, and move on with life. And my older brother came to me with the idea and concept to essentially start a sunglass company. And it really was, wasn't just kind of your typical sunglasses. It was a pretty unique concept. He came with me, came to me with an idea of creating a wood sunglass company. And the idea came about the fact that he came across an old pair of bamboo reading glasses, vintage, something you'd probably see like a grandma wearing, something you probably personally wouldn't wear. But uh, he thought it'd be cool to re-engineer them and do some designs and concepts that were modern and stuff that was trending and whatnot. So we started to develop the concept, started to find some manufacturing, found domains, name, the company, and worked through that about six months when I was in my senior year. And it's kind of a cool time to start a company being in college because I was able to actually product test and really get um, validity to the product from my peers and my classmates. And essentially, those were our customers. As a younger high school to college-age student was kind of our customer base. So I was able to take our designs, our website, and get instant feedback. And at school, you could actually enter business plan competitions and elevator pitch competitions. So I, I took advantage of that as well and got part of the entrepreneurial-type classes and got feedback from professors. So it was really a perfect time to create a business and the fact that I could get instant feedback and help with the concepts instead of just kind of trying to figure it out on my own. So that's kind of how we started Proof. So going back to the basics of what we are, we're essentially a sustainable, eco-friendly eyewear company. At this point, 
We do a line of wood glasses. We do a line of cotton-based acetates, and we do a line of recycled aluminum. So offered in both sunglasses and optical. So I was super long-winded right there. Dude, that was, that was seriously so inspiring. I, can we change the... Let's talk about the, the big trip that we have coming up in collaboration with you guys and a few other people. But after that, what do you think about making the podcast about how to launch a lifestyle brand? Yeah. I think there's so many awesome content creators in our community and influencers that they're like at this weird point to where they have a decent brand behind them. They have some followers and they basically have a perfect platform to launch some type of small business but they have no idea how to really steps. launch a lifestyle brand or how to get a product out into the marketplace, whether it be a hammock or sunglasses or whatever it may be. And I have a feeling you're the perfect person okay. to just, I think that'd be super valuable and a really interesting episode. This is one of the things I love to do is, is launch companies. So I can talk about proof specifically, but we've done some other projects as well outside of proof that like, like Prince has mentioned, I, I really enjoy just creating and, and getting stuff out into the marketplace. If I have an idea that's not being done and I feel like I could do a good job and be impactful with it, I'll put it out there and, and see what kind of comes about. So we can talk about those processes and my my uh, steps in kind of creating those and, and taking them to market. So, yeah, happy to do it. I love it. I'm so stoked. So let's start then talking about the trip that we have planned up with you guys going to Peru let the community know what you guys got going on with that. Yeah. So a big part of proof was not just creating this lifestyle brand and saying, Hey, let's try to make as much money as possible. But we, my two brothers and business partners had all lived in third world countries and seen the different uh, pieces that we were afforded with as Americans, as Idahoans, and just kind of the, the different amenities and kind of the, the things that we had. And so then we saw the complete opposite of that. We saw the, the, poor, um, the situations that people were put in, in third world countries and really felt like there's an opportunity to make an impact outside of, and doing that with a business and saying, Hey, how can we create a business that does more than just creates revenue for ourselves and for our employees? So we, uh, from day one have always donated a portion of our proceeds from our, from our profits. So we do 10% of our proceeds go to Four, four different causes. Essentially, they fit right in line with our company. So it's either environmental, it's uh, education, it's community empowerment, and the last is, so yeah, health and vision. Sorry, I'm going to repeat these. Health and vision, um, education, community empowerment, and environmental. Yeah, the environmental is the one I was missing there. So whether it be like replantation of, of trees, whether it be um, looking for more sustainable ways to um, work within communities to plant fields or farmers or whatnot. So that's kind of the concept. Every year we find ways to donate within those four causes. And rather than just saying, hey, here's a check or here, let's work with this nonprofit, we like to become part of those projects. So we firsthand will go to these countries and we work hand in hand most recently with a, with, with a nonprofit called Help International. And the reasons we work with the Help International is they have a network, they know the needs within those countries. It's not just us coming in and saying, hey, we think there could be an opportunity here. They actually have feet on the ground. They're experts at what they do, and they're just really easy to work with. So what we'll do is we'll donate um, a portion of our sales, which each year varies. But uh, last year, it was about $15,000 in donations, and we'll essentially cut a check, and we'll actually go and take our staff and volunteers and influencers 
and go on those trips and and do service for 10 days so with that funding like i mentioned there's a couple like whether it be well projects whether it be going and doing eye clinics and health clinics in these communities and supporting doctors within those communities so there's a range of different uh, projects that we'll do and every country has different needs and that's really come down to working with the nonprofit Help International to kind of decipher and determine what those needs are. But uh, this year in April, we're going to be going to Peru. So we're really excited. Sorry, I should say it is in March. <laughs> I should know my crap. Um, so we're going to be in March um, 9th through the 18th. We're going to be partnering with, like I mentioned, Help International and Art of Visuals and Proof, us three Brands and uh, organizations will be coming together and executing on this year's project. And so I talked a little about the kind of uh, donation side and kind of the service aspect, but it even goes beyond that. Our big piece is getting in those communities and learning the culture, being able to experience the different uh, amenities and kind of attractions in those countries, and then highlighting it in a kind of completed package and showcasing hey, there might not be people who could have come and, and volunteered, but at the same time, they can be inspired by what amazing country Peru is and get an inspiration by the different foods and the different adventures and, and make put that on their bucket list to go back and, and be a part of that in the future. So we uh, it's kind of a full full package. It's not just one piece. And, and if you're donating, that's great. That's uh, it's, it's something that people should be more involved in. But We've, we're pretty passionate about seeing the full um, circle and kind of being a full full part of that and making sure that the donations are going to where they should be going. And, and beyond that is getting the culture experience and highlighting the different needs within those, those cultures and putting it out to our networks and customers and people who are, who are passionate about our brand and the brand partners that we're working with. So like I mentioned, um, March is the trip. We're going to be doing a giveaway for that. Real excited. So one free trip will be given away for lucky contestant that will get you guys more information on when that goes live. So it'll be a website with a landing page that you guys can enter and, and best of luck. That'll be awesome. When are we, when are we launching that? So the first of February, we'll be launching the giveaway. So we'll be doing the giveaway about a week. Um, you'll have a week to get your entries in and the trip is like I mentioned, March 9th through 18th. So, um, we're coming down to it. I love it. So March 9th through 19th? 18th. Through 18th. So 9th through 18th. Big trip. We're really excited to be working with these guys. We're really excited to be presenting the giveaway. And one lucky winner is definitely going to have the trip of a lifetime. Curious, Tanner, you guys do lots of really cool trips. And I think these are like the best trips, the multifaceted trips that cover various values. So it's not all about just adventure and having a good time. There's the service and the communal aspect and understanding and learning and educating yourself on culture as well, which is really cool. But with that said, there's tons of content creators in our community that want to work with awesome brands like Proof and go on these types of cool trips. What is it that you guys are looking for when you guys reach out to influencers to come on these types of trips? That's a great question. So we've had a, we've been super blessed to work with a great uh, pool of influencers and the influencers that we worked with up to this date have been not just really creative and talented, but really passionate about giving back and being a part of that. So it's not just, Hey, I'm here to take photos and I'm here to create videos and kind of let me do my own thing, but they are super passionate about getting involved and getting in front of the people and offering as much service as possible. So that's kind of cool to see because 
I've met a ton of influencers who aren't like that and it's to each his own, but they're kind of more focused on the creative aspect. But having the dynamic of both sides of creative and passion for people and, and for service opportunities goes hand in hand. So that's kind of one piece we look forward. And I think really Help Internationals does a really good job on curating a good group that's passionate about service and about the people. So they have applications you can go on and essentially fill out and, and be part of the, the project. So we invite everybody to get involved if they're interested in going. Um, obviously, follow the giveaway, which there'll be one lucky winner, but there's plenty of other opportunities and to get involved and become part of the trip as well. Thank you for sharing that. I'm also curious, one other question since we're on this topic is there's lots of content creators that would love to either work with your brand or do some type of exchange for product, for content, etc. What is the best way for someone to reach out to you? And like, you know, is it email? Is it a phone call? And depending on what it is, what should that email or phone call have? Like, how should they, you know, what's the best way for them to at least get through? Yeah. So we're big about working with influencers and working with people outside of our network. I think the fact that we're in a city like Boise, there's a lot of uh, pros to that. There's a lot of content that can be created, but at the same time, we're selling sunglasses. We sell eyewear and, and really the bread and butter are in the sunshine area. So you have California, you have Florida, you have Texas, you have Hawaii, and we really have to capture those climates and showcase our product in those areas as well to kind of uh, penetrate those markets. So we can't always be on site and we can't always be creating our own content. So we rely pretty heavily on influencers. And to Prince's point, there is a there is an art to go about it. You can't just kind of jump in and be like, hey, I want free product. And you would be surprised how often that happens. Like daily, we'll probably receive a crazy amount of um, DMs and, and messages on Facebook and whatnot saying, hey, I'd love to be part of this. Your product's awesome. Send me some product. And that's really probably the worst way you could go about it. I think showcasing what you're passionate about and showcasing your work up front and saying, hey, this is why I think I could be a good fit is is a, probably a good approach. And then uh, I'd say on top of that, it's having a full curated concept and saying, hey, I just want some product and and that's good and fine and I, I don't blame it. I think it's nice to get product and do the exchange aspect. But if you have a full concept or at least a semi-developed concept, hey, I want to do this with your sunglasses. I live in this area or I'm going on a trip and I think they'd fit perfectly into the look and feel that I'm going to be shooting on XYZ project. That's really the probably the best way to approach you, whether it be us or another brand, is come with a full developed, much detail as possible. And those brands, including ourselves, can say, hey, it fits perfectly in what we're trying to create into this new collection or into the 2019 season rather than just say, hey, even if you are super talented and once in a while we'll dig deeper and look through them like, hey, this guy or growl might be a good fit, but that's pretty rare. But the ones that come in with a really impactful um, plan and execution, that's the ones we're like, we'll actually jump on the horn or jump on emails and start going back and forth and see how we can collaborate. Boom. Now you guys know how to get in touch. That's super helpful because which is why I asked that, because like you said, I, I know a lot of people because I get the same emails and DMs as well. <laughs> and so I appreciate you sharing that that resource and, and just being open with everyone on that. As far as like what platform to reach out on, I'd say Instagram's nice. Like you definitely get a lot of DMs that are pretty bad and like straightforward. But at the same time, you're probably going to hit the right person that you need to talk to if you're hitting 
an Instagram DM and they can kind of, it might not be the decision maker, but they'll at least talk to the decision maker. I'd say email's good, but at the same time, uh, at least me personally, I get so many emails that I I put a lot of my like respond emails back to the bottom of the list. And when I have time, I'll actually go back and respond. So I'd say if you want like quicker response, I'd say DM, at least for us, I'd say is probably the best. Facebook probably not really relevant for us as far as checking messages very often for that. So I'd say if you're going to go about that personally, uh, I'd say Instagram is probably the easiest approach. Now to talk about what I'm really excited to talk about, which is basically how to launch a lifestyle brand. So for those of you who don't know, Tanner's not only launched Proof Eyewear, but he's launched uh, a various number of successful lifestyle brands, you know, e-commerce companies, one-off products and things like that. So he's a really, he's a really strong and creative entrepreneur and has a lot of value to share. And I think there's a ton of you guys in our community that are at a, a very special point in time in your life where you're probably really wondering which direction you should go and you probably have a few business ideas here and there but you're not really quite sure how to launch that lifestyle product or that lifestyle brand and so uh, since we have Tanner here in the office today I think it'd be a perfect time to to kind of talk someone through that process and so maybe I don't, I don't know if it's best for us to just kind of like walk through the process beginning to end or maybe to put yourself in like a position I mean the reality is most people are probably they probably have like 500 bucks to a grand and a laptop and yeah. that's and that's basically where they're at and that's really all you need to get going honestly you don't yeah, need more than that exactly and so i guess let's just use that as the example yourself tanner dame 500 bucks to a grand and a laptop okay so i think to your point prince there's essentially every brand or product that i've launched i it hasn't been more than $500 out of pocket, to be honest. And if anything, no, no money out of pocket. So there's a lot of different ways and a lot of different, uh, platforms to launch a brand and it's changing. It's never the same. So kind of giving a very high overview, um, of all the products I've gotten involved with. So proof was, was the first, and that was kind of, and still the baby of them all. That's kind of the, the bread and butter of, of what I'm interested in. That's kind of the day-to-day grind and really what, um, pays the bills, I guess you could say. And I'd say is probably the most, uh, dynamic and we have the most moving parts within. So we have five employees, we have a retail location downtown Boise, Idaho, and then ship all over the U.S. and a couple of international distributors. So that's uh, kind of a well-oiled machine and, and working really well. And we found kind of what works and doesn't. So that I think the fact that I have a little bit of ADD and, and really just enjoy creating, like I said, um, I've gotten involved with a goggle company. So it's called Deft Optics. And the idea and concept behind Deft was... We didn't see a price point cheaper goggle option. Everything was going higher and higher in price. And really the concept with Deft is it's 100%, 100% customizable from the strap to the lenses to the, and it's all under 85 bucks. So that was launched on Kickstarter in 2014. Um, it's a 100% e-commerce business. We don't sell the retail. And it just came about just because we felt like there's a need and, and number one and we felt like we could do it well and execute on it in a way that 
wasn't being done in the marketplace. So I'd say the first step in really launching and creating the brand on any aspect, whatever, whatever it may be, would be do the research and make sure that the product is needed. So I've seen and cringed that a lot of things have been created just because they're very passionate about the idea. They're like, hey, I have the awesomest, best t-shirt idea and it's going to do really well and say, it might do well for within your fan group, but do the research and see if there's opportunity and what the scalability of the product is. Right. And and really don't just jump into it just because you're like, hey, I, I like it and that's I have a couple friends that said it. So do your research, make sure that there's really big opportunity and it doesn't have to be massive. And a lot of the brands that I've created, it, they're not massive, that they're they're profitable and they're um, selling well and they're kind of turnkey. But uh I'd say that's probably the biggest step is, is number one, making sure that it's a, a product and it's something that is, has opportunity to grow. So it's not just a couple friends and or yourself or your family that buys the product and you're kind of, well, that was a lot of time and effort because it is a lot of time. It takes, if, to do it right, it takes a lot of time. You're going to have to take, sacrifice sleep and <clears throat> money at some point. So that would be the first step, I'd say, to get going. <laughs> <coughs> Sorry, we got we got I got dogs and cats in here, and so I think he's choking on a fur ball. Oh, so I'm curious. You said for step one, you know, is to basically make sure you do your research and define, make sure that there's actual product market fit for the product. So I was just curious, as far as the research goes, most people have no idea, you know, how to even. And I don't think we need to get into the super technical parts of it, but more or less just explaining like, hey, these are some great tools to do research on and here's why and yeah. how to use them maybe or not how to use them. They can Google that. Yeah. Part, but. <laughs> this day and age, it's nice that we're in a era where online and, and digital is, is key. So we were lucky enough to grow up and have the internet and be able to have everything essentially at your fingertips. So just doing simple Google searches is a, is my first step in anything I do, whether I'll search through Pinterest, I'll, I'll search through a couple different platforms for that specific product and kind of just uh, understand what's out there in competition and what they're doing well. In that same vein, I'll typically buy competitors' products to kind of test it and see what I like and don't like. And there's been stuff I've bought and be like, hey, these guys are doing it well. I'm going to leave it as is because I can't improve on this product. But the majority of the time, if it is something that's on my radar, it's something that I feel like in, in passion that, that there's nothing better out there. So I'd say that's kind of the starting point for me is just that simple Google search. But then beyond that, you can even get into the analytics of Google and kind of see what the search ranking is for that specific product or keyword. And then Amazon does the same thing. If you're going to put the, the product on Amazon, you can go through and see what key products are being searched within Amazon. So Beyond just a simple Google search, I'd say the Google Analytics tool and then the Amazon, I don't recall what the tool is offhand, but it's easy to find within Google. So you can search specific um, products that have been bought within that realm. Um, even going a little further, you can go to eBay. Like if you're going to go, depending on what the product is, if there's a fit there, you can go kind of see what's sold within the eBay list. And there's a lot of different ways you can kind of get creative and see what the potential market share would be of that product or, or service. I love it. Thank you for sharing. So Tanner Dame, thousand dollars in a laptop. Let's just say the product's a hammock. So he's done his, he's done his customer research. Now you found what you believe to be a product market fit. You know, we have a strong product. There's demand for the product. 
what's the next step now? Yeah. So I guess there's a couple steps even before this step, but I'm going to mention it because it's probably one of the key steps. It's uh, I typically take all the products that I've introduced onto Kickstarter. So I'm a big advocate for crowdfunding. There's a lot of other platforms like Indiegogo that that do the same thing. But I think what I've found and had success has been on Kickstarter. To do Kickstarter right, it's not just slapping a project up there and slapping some photos. There's obviously you've done your research. You got to develop the product and have that sample in hand and be confident in that sample. Um, the marketing piece is really what I'm passionate about. I enjoy the creating of the 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 packaging, the creating of the website, the the rollout of the full campaign. So it doesn't necessarily have to be done, but I think the projects that have more success, they're well thought out, their photography's well done, the videos are well done, they're precise, they're not super long, and really showing features and benefits within that Kickstarter. So I probably should preface what Kickstarter is. If you've never heard about it, definitely Google and check out. You can get lost on there for hours, but you essentially take a product that you're interested in um, launching. You have to have a physical working sample and showcase that it's something that you're going to actually produce. And you'll set a goal for yourself. So say, for example, this hammock here, we wanna, we're going to produce hammocks. It's going to cost us $10,000 to produce our first run of hammocks. I will create all the, the photos, a video talking about why our hammock's unique, what's uh, the sell price for, why individuals should buy it, features and benefits of the hammock. And essentially, if I can raise that $10,000, it's all pre-sales. Um, I, I essentially receive that $10,000. There's there's fees involved. The uh, Kickstarter takes 5%, and I think the card processing takes 3%. I think in all in all, it, it's changed over the years. I think it's an 8% fee of that is taken out of for all their services. But uh, the rest of that will essentially go to you for your production of your hammocks. And so You'll produce your hammocks with that money that's been funded. And a couple months later, once your production is done, you'll actually ship to those individuals who backed your project. So it's a really cool way to, number one, validify your project product to see if it's something that the market's interested in. You can get a lot of good feedback. So typically, Kickstarter backers are very opinionated. They feel like they've essentially launched your brand. So they'll give you clear and honest feedback they're not just kind of like hey got the product i'm done it's like hey you should have thought about this or you should do it in another color i gets to the point where it's almost semi-annoying to be honest like they're very very opinionated and and they're they they're almost become part of your brand to be honest but at the same time i've gotten a lot of good feedback and, and been able to adapt and change during that process and even as the project's gone on i've gotten feedback like hey you should add a pocket here or you should add think about adding this aspect or feature within your product and we were, hadn't produced the final product yet, so we've actually been able to add those additions into product with the manufacturer once the project was funded. So that's a, a big piece. And so there's some really there's a lot a lot of art that goes into Kickstarter. It's not just like I said, slapping some photos up and starting a video. It's the other piece is getting eyes on it, and it's changing very rapidly. So talked about Deft. We did a project. We launched a brand, myself and my brother, of uh, essentially it's a travel essentials. It's kind of minimalist, multifunction travel essentials. So travel pillows to money belts to what else have we done? Uh, we did actually a, a three-in-one hammock that was like a ground cloth, a uh, hammock and a tarp. So we've done and it's all fit within the same range. It's called range travel goods. And so 
We, uh, with the Pella, we did about half a million dollars in sales just on Kickstarter, which is pretty in- insane. And really it came down to, we, we used a marketing group and they really drove a lot of that traffic. And we've used that same marketing group for some of our other products and we had no success with the marketing group. So there's a lot of things that you just can't predict. It's like, it's just hit right. We got lucky in some regards. The algorithm in the room was right. The branding was right. And we kind of copied the same branding that we had success in, but there's no guaranteed. But the big ones that you'll see that are doing over a million dollars or doing half a million dollar plus, it's they're using marketing um, agencies that to really push Facebook ads. So they do these almost clickbaity Facebook ads, but they're super successful and they typically get the return. So that's kind of some of the insights. And there's a ton of research and if you ever wanted to learn more, I'm happy to talk more on it. But that's kind of the really quick overview of what a Kickstarter is. But that's a really best way to launch a product without putting a penny down. So that's a lot of the ways that we've brought these products to market without taking any pro- any cash out of our own pockets. Dude, I love it. You're so thorough. Really appreciate all that good insight. <laughs> With that said, I was curious, do you think, that today social media influencers have some type of a leg up with Kickstarter considering like they all kind of already have like their own little communities versus, you know, Joe Schmo who's launching a product and it's like he has no one to turn to. Or these guys might have five, ten, if not a hundred, three hundred thousand followers to to talk to these people about. No, that's key. I was talking to a friend about this this weekend actually. She's gonna launch a project in sometime in two thousand nineteen. But uh having a built-in network of people that you can rely on is, is huge. So what we do, and I don't do it all on my projects because I do too many and I just feel like a pest a little bit, but uh, essentially is email friends and family and say, hey, this is the latest project that I'm working on. I'm passionate about it. If you could please support. And it, that goes a long ways, honestly. And the way Kickstarter works is they have a trending or popular page. So if you're on that popular page, it just kind of snowballs. So you get... Uh, the more people and more eyes and more people to back it or even watch your video on that page, they'll keep you higher on the Kickstarter product page. So the key is to start fast and get on that popular page early on and you'll get a lot of organic um, sales of your product just for people finding you on the popular page. So having a built-in network's only going to help you get on that so that trends you start trending towards the top so utilize them utilize your network if you don't have a a big following it's going back to friends and family and saying and not just being a pest about it but talking about why you're passionate and why you feel like this product has an opportunity to be successful and so friends and family are typically pretty supportive and that that goes a long ways in an early stage of kickstarter thank you for sharing that as well i was curious on the so you've talked a lot about like the technical building side what about the branding side? What tips do you have on actually coming up with, you know, and developing a brand? Like, I guess, what are, you know, what's a good wireframe, maybe type framework for that that you guys have found success with? Yeah. I think there's a lot of branding elements and aspects that are really similar and like start, things to me start looking the same. So I look for ways to stand out. And if I'm doing a unique product that's not, existed in the marketplace like for our three one in three in one hammock for example i tried to make it as visual as possible and showcase all the different functionalities and all the different features and showcase the hammock on a beach and laid out with a picnic and then a hammock in a tree and then a hammock tent, tent camping or whatnot so very visual i'm a visual 
learner. So I think anything you can do and, and obviously being part of the art of visual network and, and, uh, community here it's i think that's probably comes easily for a lot of your listeners and the fact that they take photos and they're passionate about creating so having very thought out visual scenes within marketing that's a big piece for me video is huge nowadays i think a lot of people don't want to sit there and read a full paragraph or let alone a full page of text on a website so if you can make quick informational videos and they don't want to in the same time they don't want these long videos either it's got to be something under a minute it's got to be impactful tell them why they want the product and why it's unique and do it well thought out i think that's that's a big piece and then the other piece i think within the marketing side is being passionate and authentic with it It can't just be like sales pitch and and just trying to sell as much product as possible but they like to see the face behind the the brand and why you're creating it just it's not just hey i want to get it rich and i think i can make a million dollars on this product but hey i found a, a need within this market i use this product all the time and like I just didn't, there wasn't anything comparable out there. And I think this is why it needs to exist. So stuff like that, I think goes a long ways in the branding um, stages and prep. So they have, they have two legs up now. So not only do a lot of these creators in our community have, not only do they have followers to where they actually have an audience that they could promote their products to and get to help back their Kickstarter and whatnot, but they can also leverage their creative skills to tell beautiful stories, to shoot great video, to have all the different various photos and stuff. So they really have a leg up on, you know, most, most people. So with that said, what were some of your biggest challenges developing these brands in the early stages? Like what are the most common things that people probably run into? Yeah. Even going beyond, I guess to piggyback on your, your, uh, thought of the leg up, I think even within this community, you might not have the design skills or you might not have uh, Illustrator or Adobe skills, but you're a photographer, a videographer, and you're focused on that is within this community, you're going to have friends that do those things and rely on each other. So I've definitely leaned on friends that are better at certain things or better photographers. And I'm, I'm not a photographer. I enjoy photography, but I'm definitely not a photographer. So I'll uh, rely on and, and kind of uh, bring in individuals who I feel like can make an impact on certain projects. And it's, sometimes it's the same individuals that I use consistently. And other times they'll be like, hey, this individual fits this perfectly. I'm going to bring this individual in to do all the creative on the, the logo and then the print and whatever it may be. So I'd say you guys have a leg up because in this community, there's people who focus on one aspect and that you don't have. And so lean on those individuals. Okay. To answer your question, as far as the challenges, it's a good question. I've gone through it so many times. I've kind of, what I've created honestly at this point is like an SOP of a standard operating procedure of all the things that need to get done and put timelines on that. So I'd say the biggest challenge I always talk to individuals about is just doing it. This is very easy to say, Hey, I have this awesome idea. I've been talking about this for a long time and just kind of continuing to say that and that's just like a vicious cycle is really just moving your feet and getting started on it. And even if it's one of those things that you don't find instant success or if it's a challenge and you end up saying, Hey, it was it's not going to work and I'm going to fold, fold the towel or throw in the towel. It's still, you're going to be, you're going to feel good that you gave it the effort. You're going to be very satisfied in the fact that it's not on front of your mind or the back of your mind of uh, that idea that you never executed on. So I'd say, the hardest thing is really just getting started saying, Hey, I'm going to talk to this individual. And I'd say along, I guess, um, 
with getting started would be talking to people within your network. And it's very hard sometimes to put yourself out there and say, I have this idea. Or I don't really know this individual, but I know he works in manufacturing. He manufactures nylon. So I, I know I need to talk to this guy, but I really don't want to put myself out there. That, those are the kind of conversations that you just need to do and say, if this is going to happen, I just got to do it. So I'd say getting started. And then the second piece of that is is using that network and using individuals that could help you within that and just being vocal and, and just doing it. I love it. I think, I think another good one for uh, you guys out there too, especially people that are really creative is focusing on one thing at a time and not, not uh, especially like people that are intelligent and really creative and, and somewhat better than average at what they do. They oftentimes like to take on multiple projects and, uh, you know, might be trying to launch three brands at one time. And so just one. So I think that's a big one. And I know myself and I'm sure you've probably been in the same boat to where you're just like, dude, I got too many things going on right now. And I really need to focus and just get this first thing off and then start to pop those other ones around, you know? I would say, honestly, most of the most creative friends I have have that issue is they'll create something and they'll get it going and they kind of jump to the next one. And you're like, dude, you were in the middle of like creating this awesome idea and it's there on the doorstep. Just finish it. Like that's, I, uh, I like to finish things. I, I necessarily, I'll definitely bite off way too much I can, but I have a lot, like my most creative friends are exactly like that. They'll just start something and then they get 80 and jump to the next thing where I probably start something and jump into it, even though I shouldn't and kind of get going and jump into the next thing, even though I probably should continue to focus on the thing that's kind of rolling, slowly rolling, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. We're, uh, I think we're slowly coming up on, on time here. I think we've, we've talked about some really great ways for someone to start their own brand, launch a product. We talked about the great trip. Curious. What are you guys, a, what is proof eyewear most excited about right now? And B, what's the future look like for A, the brand, and B, for you know just yourself as a, as a creative and entrepreneur? Yeah. So as far as 2019, we have a lot going on. Obviously, the big piece, and every year it's always the big focus, and it's always the biggest part of our marketing. It's the biggest part of our logistics and planning is, is the Do Good Project. So our 2019 Do Good Project Peru, obviously, we've talked about that. So that's going to be early this year, which is kind of nice because we can execute. And with that, we'll create video, we'll create a travel journal, which will highlight the locations, the activities, map out the areas. And so it kind of gives a highlight of, of if you weren't obviously on the trip, you could kind of follow along in detail. Another big piece we have for 2019 is we're going to be introducing kind of a lower price point frame into our collection. So we've kind of our price point for proof is anywhere from 90 to 130, which is pretty average. And that's kind of the bread and butter for premium eyewear without getting into like the high luxury class. But uh, we have a decent amount of customers that we want to make sure that we can offer product and get them excited. So we'll be introducing like a $68 price, price point for some of our frames, which little less bells and whistles and doesn't come with some of the other add-on items that some of our other items have, but we feel like there's a decent customer base that we could uh, make sure that we're taking care of and not feeling like we're alienating. So we're excited about that. Um, we have an Airstream, which we revamped and kind of gutted and, and redid really well. So we do a lot of festivals and trade shows and whatnot with that. So that's kind of a big summer piece that we're excited to kind of get that rolling into summer and get some fun road trips and see the probably we don't go too far with it so more of the 
west coast of the U.S. So that's that's a big piece. And then kind of just grinding. Personally, I'm just uh, I've gotten really involved more in kind of real estate lately. So I've been uh, doing some real estate stuff with my brother, and then. I get involved. I don't. I like the real estate aspect on the number side, but really the build out and like the capital improvements, whether it be doing new siding or like carpet and that stuff, and picking those interior design pieces out. That's been pretty fun. So I want to do like a really creative, fun project within real estate that I'm like passionate about because a lot of real estate we're doing is just kind of turnkey and just uh, entry level stuff. But it'd be fun to do a really well thought out modern design um, rental or something along those lines. So that's one of my objectives for 2019 to do a little bit more on that side. So we'll see how it goes. Dude, that's awesome. It's so funny how, how like you and I are as far as <laughs> our creative projects and like what we're into doing. I was laughing so bad the other day when you were building that mailbox. <laughs> so I was building a couch upstairs in my new music studio. I, I see your desk. And, uh, <laughs> I like that. You know, tapered, tapered the legs a bit. And, but I have fun just, and these are quick projects. Yeah. It's not like I'm overthinking the build. This is like I get on my iPad, sketch out you know, things to scale. TV, yeah, and then I'm just like building that on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way. And so it's rad. So the way that we normally end these podcasts, I normally leave the guests with the mic to kind of leave the AOV community with some type of inspiration, motivation. And so you're free to communicate, you know, whatever it is that you want to share with the audience. But uh, I just think you have a lot of wisdom and a lot of insight to the space. And I think you have, you know, lots of great things to share. And so I'm gonna go ahead and turn the mic back your way and. Let you do your thing. I'll try. <laughs> I'd probably just echo what I said earlier as far as just getting started. I think anytime I talk to entrepreneurs or future entrepreneurs, is it's really easy to make excuses or say, hey, when this happens, I'll, I'll do that. But I'd say whether it be starting your business or just getting improving or becoming a photographer, videographer, or creative is just following that. And you're not going to be good off the bat. And I can tell you when we started Proof, sunglasses were pretty bad like I think a lot of people are just buying our stuff just because they were family and friends and they wanted to be nice and we'll look back at those styles and back do those were really bad there's like 3d glasses just didn't look good but we've kind of honed in our craft and improved every every day we've gotten better and improved the quality improved the look and design and we've learned so it's essentially you're never going to be an expert when you start but if you get the ball rolling and just get things going and just be hard hard working at it and and know that it's going to take time and don't beat yourself up like you'll become what you want to become so i'd say just get started jump into it and know that you're going to make mistakes along the way and learn from those mistakes so that's my two cents and so if you ever want to get a hold of me i'm super open as far as any feedback network anything you want to do i'm at tanner or sorry tk dame on instagram and then proof is at i want proof so Feel free to reach out and keep creating. Are you still active on Twitter? No, no. I'm I'm weak on Twitter. My Twitter game's not not very well done. So I'm dyslexic. So I, I try to stay away <laughs> from the the verbs. <laughs> trying to write stuff. Weren't you active on Twitter at one point? It's probably Brooks. Honestly, my brother, business partner. Okay. Yeah, I might be dyslexic too. I haven't found that out, but. It's Writing's not my medium. Writing and spelling, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a bad. Vera could tell you all about how bad I am. Yeah, no, she she makes fun of me and she'll bring you up. <laughs> <laughs> I accept it. I, mean, I know I'm not good at it, so I'll just yeah. stay clear of that. We'll st- we, we got other strengths. We'll <laughs> exactly. Focus on that. Let other people do the things that we're not that great at. Tanner, 
Thank you so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate you. Appreciate it, Prince. It's a solid episode. It's always good to see you. Always. Hey guys, thanks for listening to another episode of the AOV Podcast. Our goal here at Art of Visuals is to keep everything free and to keep creating great tools and resources for you guys to utilize to to achieve all your guys' dreams in the photography, filmmaking, and content creation world, even entrepreneurship. With that said, we've picked up Adorama as a sponsor to help us cover some of our costs, and we're grateful for them. All we ask of you guys is if you're going to purchase gear, we'd really love it if you guys would head over to Adorama.com and make your purchase there instead of elsewhere. And just know that when you guys do that, you guys will also somewhat be supporting Art of Visuals and allowing us to continue to create great content for you guys, our podcasts, our free app, and a lot of the other great things we do. Also, if you listen to the podcast, all of the AOV presets are now free. Uh, So check out our website shop.artivisuals.com go get some free presets the artist presets are still for sale if you want to support the artist and you should support the artist uh, just know that that money goes to them and we're also going to be reworking that commission structure uh, here in the next month so we're really stoked about that but go get some free presets and if you guys want to buy gear please support us help us out go to adorama.com peace